All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter 4. We're continuing to work through the book of Romans here. And uh, tonight I want to preach on faith wins. A couple weeks ago I had mentioned I, this, this chapter was kind of broken up and we saw, uh, we saw faith uh, by justification and we saw uh, faith or justification by grace rather. And then uh, at the end I had mentioned that uh, faith or justification rather was by the resurrection. And, and Paul certainly closes with that statement in Romans chapter 4, but I think the bulk of these verses that we're going to look at tonight uh, tend to deal more precisely with uh, faith and what it overcomes as we think about the life of Abraham. And I've said this for several weeks, but it's good for us to be reminded uh, that the reason that Paul uses Abraham was he was very uh, looked up to by all of the uh, Israelites and the Jews. They would look to Abraham as their father. And, uh, and that's really important to understand because they hailed him as, uh, as, as a great person, really. And, uh, and so Paul takes the, uh, the beginning of the nation of Israel and cements down the fact that Abraham was justified by faith. And, uh, and no Jew could refute that. And based on that, then, uh, it opens the door wide open for salvation simply by faith and not by works. Because the Jews were very accustomed to the law of the Old Testament and fulfilling that law. So that was something that uh, they really struggled with and did not understand how, uh, how that could be different. So that's why Paul uses uh, Abraham in, these, in this chapter really so often and so frequently as he's uh, taught on Abraham and Abraham's faith. So as I stated, I think the focus of these verses that we're going to look at, verses uh, really 17 down through 25, deal with faith and, uh, and what it overcomes, or faith wins, I put down. And Paul spends a lot of time on faith in these, and faith tends to be the focal point that we're going to look at. And uh, it's interesting reading this, these verses, it tends to resemble Hebrews chapter 11. Now, if you know what Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it's been dubbed as the hall of faith. That is uh, really a, a museum, a testimony to the faith of many Old Testament saints. And it's a phenomenal chapter to go back and read and study. Uh, for by faith, are, uh, not for by faith, but um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it goes on and it gives illustration after illustration of the Old Testament saints their faith. And when it gets to Abraham, it kind of resembles this portion of Scripture. It's a wonderful chapter, and, uh, and if you've not really caught that, uh, or read that, or really followed that, boy, I encourage you to go back and read Hebrews chapter 11, and, uh, and find out about the faith of a lot of the Old Testament saints. So in Romans chapter 4, verse number 17, the Bible says this, "...as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations." Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, and 
being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you again, Father, for the opportunity that we have to be in your house and gather around your word. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. And God, I pray that we'd be challenged tonight by the faith that Abraham had and, uh, and the faith that he put in you. And God, I pray that you would uh, help us to have faith as great as that of Abraham. And God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I want to look at, I want you to notice in verse 17, uh, we can see, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I do want us to realize and notice this. Paul goes into the fulfillment of Abraham's faith. The fulfillment. That would be uh, what his faith brought about. And look with me there. Uh, in verse number 17, it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. What, a, what an incredible uh, statement and fact that Abraham was a father of many nations. Uh, we in Sunday school, we sing the song, uh, Father Abraham. How many kids we got in here tonight? You, you sing that song in Sunday school, Father Abraham? You know that song? Uh, I almost, I thought about having the whole auditorium stand and sing Father Abraham. Uh, but uh, I'm warm and so we'll let you relax tonight. Everyone's getting nervous. They're like, oh boy, we're going to have to exercise. But you know that song. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And then it goes right arm, left arm, and you, you, know, you start doing all of that. And that's where you get into all the motions. And let me tell you a secret for all the adults. Not for the kids. Kids, plug your ears so you don't hear the secret. The adults are just trying to wear the kids out so they sit still for the lesson. All right? That's one of the points of that song. Uh, there's a lot of truth in that. But uh, nonetheless, that song has a great biblical truth. Father Abraham, he's the father of many nations. I started looking at this and thinking about the fact that uh, he is a father of many nations. Now, spiritually, there's no doubt that we as Christians, as born-again believers, have been blessed by Abraham. Uh, you realize that uh, it was through Abraham's seed God had promised to send the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to this earth. I have a chart. It's a wonderful chart. It's called the, uh, the bloodline chart, and it follows uh, all the way back from Abraham 
all the way through all of the entire bloodline uh, and, and heritage of Abraham all the way down to Jesus Christ. And it follows uh, David's or Joseph's line and it follows Mary's line. And, uh, and way back when they split off and there were two separate lines and we know that Joseph is not the father of, of Jesus Christ. We understand that. Uh, but nonetheless, his bloodline follows right along and, uh, and Mary's is the uh, bloodline from which Jesus came, and, uh, and we find that, wow, it traces all the way back uh, to Abraham. And you don't have to even join that, uh, what's that, myheritage.com, uh, you know, and pay their fee to find out uh, who, who Abraham was, was. It's all right here in the Word of God. And, uh, you know, when you go through and read the book of Chronicles, and it's so-and-so begat so-and-so, and 90% of the names you cannot say, uh, you can trace the lineage of Jesus Christ through those, those lines that are recorded in the Word of God. So they're very important for us to understand and realize that. And this was a fulfillment of Abraham's faith. This is what physically came from Abraham's faith, not just spiritually, but I want you to notice, too, uh, there is a physical nation and nations because of Abraham. Ishmael was one of, one of Abraham's sons. Um, now, he was not the son, the promised child that God had promised. That, that is kind of the lesson of Abraham trying to do things man's way. And, uh, and not what God had promised. He believed God and he was just trying to, uh, to work it out so it would work, but it was not what God wanted or intended. But nonetheless, Ishmael is a great nation. He, from him, the Arabic people came. And, uh, and they're, a, they're a very large nation and people group to this day. Then, of course, with Isaac, uh, there, there's the nation of Israel. And, uh, and they are a very large nation. No, they're not large geographically. They are spread all over the globe. And it is to number uh, how many Jews there are or have been. And that stems straight back to Abraham. Not only that, but turn with me to Genesis. Save your spot here in Romans. Let me move one of my markers here to Romans. And turn back with me to Genesis chapter 25. And here's a little known fact in case you're ever on Jeopardy. Do they even have Jeopardy anymore? I don't know. But uh, they still have it. All right. So in case you're ever on Jeopardy, uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll ask Bible questions or maybe they've gotten away from that. I don't know. Occasionally they had some Bible stuff in there. But in Genesis chapter 25, after, um, after Abraham's wife Sarah passed away, which takes place uh, in chapter 25, we find that Abraham gets married again. And look at what it says there in, in Genesis chapter 25 and verses 1, verse 1 down through 4. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. So on, on Jeopardy, they'll ask you, who was Abraham's second wife. Now you know it's Keturah, okay? Uh, so you got that down. It says there in verse 2, And she bare him Zimram, and Jan and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua, and Jokshan begat uh, Sheba, and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Ashurim, and Latushim, and Leumim. So if you're going to have a baby and you're looking for a baby name, right there's a good, some good selections, all right? Might have to work on spelling, I don't know, or pronunciation. Verse 5, And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. And so we find that, uh, listen, even, 
even beside Ishmael and even beside Isaac, there were more children that Abraham had. Not only that, now I don't know, I tried to look up some of these guys and find out who they were and where they came from, but I do know this, that Midian was the father of the Midianites. So now you have Israel, you have uh, the Arabic people from Ishmael, you have the Midianites, and then I read also that Ishbak was the father of a tribe of, the, of northern Arabia. And what I'm saying is, uh, this was a fulfillment of God's promise to, uh, to Abraham that, hey, he would make the nations. And he certainly did. And God bless. What does all this stem to? It comes down to one man, Abraham, believing God's promise and saying, I believe what God said. And from that, all of this come about. Let me ask you something tonight as we think about this. What faith do you have in God? If God wanted something from you, and, or if God said, hey, I, I want to use you in some way, and, and I can use you in some way, and, and you just have to be willing, do we have the faith like Abraham? Man, what a tremendous heritage, really, that Abraham has uh, from believing the very promise of God. Let me say this, that God is still able to use people today. Time has not changed that. God is still using people who will surrender to Him. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God can use you. In 2021, 2021, God still works? Yes, He still works. Yes, He can still use people. Uh, yes, he can, he can use you for His honor and His glory. And so uh, we see the fulfillment of Abraham's uh, promise that God had given him. And we see God's ability uh, to raise up a nation. Uh, and, and, and notice this phrase in, in back in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. In verse number 17, he says this, in the second part of that verse, he says, Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. I think that phrase uh, obviously refers to the fact that God is able to give life. Obviously, we know that. But I think it also refers to the fact that uh, God had asked Abraham to offer up Isaac, his only begotten son, and, uh, and, and he did that. And he went up, and you remember uh, several, maybe it was several months ago, I don't recall, we looked at this passage, Genesis chapter 22, I believe it is, and, uh, and Abraham takes his son Isaac and goes up into the mountain. But before he goes up there, he tells his servants, I and my son are going to go up and worship, and we will come again. That's a statement of faith. Because he knew going up that mountain, he was going to offer his son Isaac. And not matter of fact, you go back and read the passage. He was so faithful and trusting God so much that the Bible says that he took his knife and he was ready. Uh, you all know the Sunday school picture, you know, where it shows the guy with the knife uh, about, to, about to kill his own son. That's where Abraham was. That's a biblical, accurately portrait of that idea that Abraham was ready to kill his own son. But he said at the bottom of the mountain, me and my son, we're going to return. What is that? That's faith. Now, I don't know what Abraham was thinking. We don't know. The Bible does not tell us. There's some that speculate. Maybe Abraham was saying, God, I'm going to slay my son and I'm, you're going to raise him back up. 
I mean, we don't know. But we do know this. Abraham's faith was firmly placed in God. And he trusted Him over and over and over again. You look at the life of Abraham, and God had tested Abraham, and yet God uh, did great things with Abraham because Abraham's faith was placed firmly in God. And that's what he's going to talk about in these chapters. So we see the fulfillment of faith, that God had brought about the complete circle and given many nations uh, to the name of Abraham as he had promised. Go with me to verse 18. We see the fulfillment of faith in verse 17. In verses 18 down through 22, I want us to see faith of justification. The faith of justification. Look with me at verse number 18. These verses are incredible. I I read these and it just kind of popped off the page at me. It says here in verse number 18, who against hope believed in hope that that he might become the father of many nations. Now the word hope means this, a desire of some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of obtaining it. Confidence in a future event. So we have Abraham. God said, listen, Abraham, uh, from you, I am going to make you a great nation. What did Abraham do? He believed God. Now, it was kind of against hope. It's like, well, man, that's that's a pretty big stretch. You do understand that Abraham was some, uh, the Bible says here in, in our passage, uh, he was close to 100 years old. He was, he was 90-something. And we find that, uh, man, Abraham had probably lost hope of ever having children. I mean, he had, he had gone through his ch- childbearing years, and, uh, and time had passed him up. And, and perhaps, you know, when, when Sarah and Abraham had first gotten married, they had thought, man, you know, someday we're going to have kids. And I'm sure they talked about it. And, and how many, you know, how many kids do you want? And uh, they probably didn't talk about that. In Bible times, uh, they all just said, hey, we want 20. I mean, uh, that's... It seems like that's what they had. They were farming families, and the more kids you have, hey, you go work that field, you go work that field, you go tend the cows, you go tend the goats, you go tend the uh, sheep, and, uh, and so the more hands you had, the more uh, work that you could get done, so that wasn't uncommon in Bible times, and they viewed that as a blessing from God. So I could imagine young Abraham and young Sarah having hope. Man, someday we're going to have a family. And as the years pass on, and five years drags on, and ten years drag on, and, uh, and all their friends are having children, and, and they have no children, and 15 years pass on, and, and 20 years pass on, and, and after time they're thinking, well, I mean, I guess, you know, we're not going to have children. And it says in our verse... Verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. You ever prayed for something from God? And you're waiting and you're hoping. And, and we, are, we are such short-sighted people. We're, we're like, God, we, we, we want this. And we'll pray for a week and it doesn't happen. And we'll pray for two weeks and it doesn't happen. We'll pray for three weeks, and man, we're, we used to pray every day about this thing, and now we, we just pray once a week about it. And, and maybe now, we're, 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 you know, a month drags by, and, and what happens is you start to lose hope. And you say, man, I don't know if that's going to happen. That was Abraham's life. 
But yet the Bible would tell us and teach us that he uh, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. What a testimony to us that we should live in hope of God's promises even when He doesn't provide them in the first year. Even when He doesn't procure them to us in the second year, the third year, the fourth year, the fifth year. And time passes by and we wonder, God, have you forgotten that I've been requesting this thing and that you made this promise to me and I'm going without it and it has not occurred yet and I'm still waiting on you. But that was Abraham's faith. He hoped against hope. When all of his friends had said, well, you know, it doesn't look like you guys will ever have children. And all of his friends, you know, said, hey, maybe you should, uh, uh, you know, think about something else. Or, uh, and, and they were looking at other ideas. And, and Abraham said, you know what? God gave me a promise, and I'm going to continue believing in God's promise. And we see that Abraham believed against hope. You can go through Abraham's life and see time and time again when he went up that mountain and God asked him to offer his son Isaac. What an incredible story. True story. True account of what God asked of Abraham. And Abraham was willing, once he did have Isaac, uh, he was willing to give him back to God and say, God, I, I waited all these years and, and you provided against hope. And, and God, if you want him back, hey, I'll give him back to you, trusting in you because you gave him to me in the first place. And Abraham was not selfish, but he trusted in God. Listen, Sometimes you don't, uh, you don't offer something to God and expect to get it back, but God does that over and over again. And, and, and Abraham certainly offered to God Isaac, his only son, and, and was ready to give him up, and yet God gave him back. And I was reminded of the verse in Luke 6.38, and it just kind of popped in my head this idea of giving to God. And, and in Luke 6.38 it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you again listen whenever I give an offering in the offering plate I don't expect something back I'm giving because man I want to give to God but you know what against my hope God always blesses and not just in financial areas. What about your life? Uh, remember the verse in Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, the Bible says, cast, you, uh, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. I'll never forget that message. Uh, Brother Sam Robinson, uh, not Sam Robinson, Sam Davison. Uh, they both have the first name. Brother Sam Davison preached. And, uh, and he preached that passage, and I don't remember, I could not tell you when it, when it was, I could not tell you where it was, uh, but I remember him preaching that verse, and, uh, and, and I remember uh, reading that verse, and, and it says, it's Ecclesiastes 11.1, he says, cast thy bread upon the waters. What an odd verse. And, uh, and if you cast bread upon water, you know, sometimes we get, uh, the bread goes moldy. And you know what we like to do with it is go down and you can feed the ducks or you can feed the fishes. And you take that bread and you just kind of throw it in the water. And you know when you throw that bread in the water, you know what's going to happen. It's going to disappear. 
right? Anybody been there? You've been down to the pond, you've thrown it in the water, you watch the little fishes gobble it up, it disappears. You don't expect to get that bread back. You don't expect it to come back. But yet this, this, this verse says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. What a strange verse. And what it's talking about is giving to God what you have and God will turn around and bless you uh, against hope. You might say, well, I, I don't hope or expect to ever see that bread again. And, uh, and listen, God will turn around and bless you in ways that you never expected. And Abraham had faith against hope. In other words, his faith was so great trusting in God that he would trust God with Isaac, his son. Say, I'm going to turn them back over to you. God, you promised to give them to me. I'm going to turn them back over to you. And God, against hope, turned around and gave Isaac back and said, hey, I'll provide lamb. I know that you trust me. I know that you're going to do whatever I ask. We have in, in verse 18, belief against hope. We're talking about faith of justification. Look with me at verse number 19. The Bible says this, And being not weak in faith, what a statement. And being not weak in faith. What a description of Abraham. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to notice not only the belief against hope, but I want you to notice the belief against physical limitations. How often we limit God by our limited scope of understanding and the physical limitations that we place on God. We do. You, you look at Abraham. The Bible says he was, he was uh, close to 100 years old. He doesn't give us the exact age, but he was well in his 90s. And the Bible says that he considered not his own body now dead. He was not physically limiting God. So many times in our life, listen to me, we'll put physical limitations on God. It's not possible because this and this and this and this. Excuse me, we serve the God of the impossible. We serve a God that's able to overcome. Was it not God that created the body? Was it not God that, that did these things? And we serve a God who can overcome physical limitations. Now let me tell you this, let me qualify that statement, that God does not always overcome our physical limitations. Just because we desire it. Sometimes he tells us, no, was it not Paul that prayed, uh, Lord, I have a thorn in my flesh, and he prayed three times, and God said, no, I will not take it away. Could God have taken that thorn away? Yes, he could have. Did God take that thorn away? No, he did not. Why didn't he? Because he wanted Paul to learn that the grace of God was sufficient to deal with that burden, whatever it was, in his flesh. So God does not always overcome physical limitations, but God is able to overcome physical limitations. I want us to understand that because that's important tonight. And Abraham's faith was placed in God and he knew God had given him a promise and he was trusting in God uh, over, it was a belief against physical limitations. So many times we limit God in our life. Not only 
in Abraham's life, but it mentions here Sarah's as well. And it mentions the same thing in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. And listen, God is not bound by our physical limitations. And it was belief against physical limitations. Look with me at verse number 20. I could spend a lot more time on verse 19, but let's move on for sake of time. The Bible says in verse number 20, He staggered not at the promise of God, under, watch this, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I love that verse. He staggered not. Not only do we have belief against hope, belief against physical limitations, and belief against unbelief, uh, as we can see it here in verse 20, belief against unbelief. He believed God would do something. He did not understand how God was going to go about it. You go back and you reread the life of Abraham, and you'll find that, hey, he did try, and uh, between him and Sarah, they did try and figure it out, and they did try to say, well, maybe this is what God meant. And, and, and Sarah gave Abraham Hagar, his handmaid, or her handmaid, and, uh, and Ishmael was born through that, and clearly God said, hey, that is not what I meant. I can still do this, overcoming physical limitations. And even against unbelief, others would say, man, that's impossible. Are you kidding me? The physical limitations say that's not even possible. Uh, and listen, yet God said He could do something. And I love the fact that the Bible says He staggered not at the promises of God. And the Bible says He was strong in faith. Man, what an incredible example for us. Many times we struggle. And we say, man, I wish I had the faith that Abraham had. I wish I had that strong faith. I wish I didn't stagger sometimes at unbelief. Can I tell you one of the saddest verses of the Bible? Go with me to Matthew. Save your spot again there in Romans. Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. And I want you to see this in the Word of God. I want you to see what I believe is one of the saddest statements in the Word of God. Matthew chapter number 13 and verse number 58, the last verse of the chapter. Matthew 13, 58. Matthew 13, 58. It's talking about the life of Jesus Christ. And as He traveled around, the, you know the life of Jesus Christ. He did many miracles and He healed people and He, and he, and he did many things and, and He had a ministry working uh, with people. But you get to Matthew chapter 13 and you get to verse number 58 and the Bible says this, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know, one of the most hindering things to the work of God is doubting God. Jesus Christ himself went through the villages. How many people did he heal? I, I don't know. I'd, have to, I'd love to go back and know. I'd love to know how many. I don't even think, well, we know for a fact not everything is recorded in Scripture because the Bible says that it would not be able to contain everything that he did. There's no way they could write it all down. But even if in the events we have recorded, I don't know how many people he healed, how many deaf people he made to hear, how many uh, blind people he made to see, and, and how many uh, dead people he raised to life. There was more than one. There was, of course, Lazarus. There was the one boy that was sick, and how many demons were cast out. And, and we find time and time again. But in this case, and in this town, and in this place, the Bible says he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. What a warning to us to have faith in God. 
have faith like Abraham had faith. Oh, and sometimes it takes time, and sometimes we need patience with our faith. But I'm telling you this, that God is able. Don't give up on believing in God and believing in the promises of God. And whatever the prayer is and whatever the concern is, don't give up in believing on God. Go with me to Mark chapter number 9. Matthew, Mark chapter number 9. And I want, you to re- I want you to see this. I, I was just going to quote the verse and I wrote down the whole passage because we really need to go see this and, and look at this as we think about faith, uh, belief against unbelief. Listen, unbelief uh, is, is against, it's opposed to faith. And it's one of the greatest problems that will hinder God's work. Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 17, the Bible says this. We're going to get the whole story here. I'm not going to comment on all of it, but the Bible says in verse number 17, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they should that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when, they, when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child, in verse 22, and oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. What an incredible statement that father made of that child. He had dealt with his child for many years and, and he, had, he had carried his child along. And could you imagine the difficulty of having a child like this? And yet we, we see that uh, when Jesus came, well, he took him to the disciples first and they were not able to heal him and cast out the demon that was in him. And, and finally he took him to Jesus and, and Jesus said, listen, if thou believest, uh, all things are possible. And he immediately said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. What an incredible statement. You go on and you read that next verse. It says there in verse 24, and straightway the Father, we read that, uh, verse 25, when Jesus saw the people came running together, He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto Him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of Him and enter no more into Him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. What an incredible account of this young man's life being changed, and of this father being honest with God and saying, God, I believe, I want to believe, 
but help thou my unbelief. Maybe that needs to be our prayer. You look at the life of Abraham. I don't know if Abraham prayed that, that same prayer. Maybe he did. We don't know. It's not recorded for us. But I know this. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God. And his faith was strong. What an incredible example of Abraham's faith. You say, preacher, you think God can work today? I do believe God can work today. Let me tell you this. There are a lot of healers out there that are looking to glorify themselves. I don't think God will work through them. Because God's not interested in glorifying man. He never has been. You read the Bible, you find out he is willing to glorify himself. Can God heal? I believe God can. But he doesn't work in a miraculous, wild way like he did in the New Testament. I believe that God is able to heal people. I believe that God is able to do things. And listen, in your life, I'm sure we could go around and we could take testimony after testimony after testimony of God having done something in your life that, that God provided in some way in your life. And it wasn't a great, grand, uh, visual miracle, but it is God working and He will continue to to work and listen he's able to heal people you you look around and you I you and I know testimonies of people that God has touched their body and and helped them and changed their life in all reality it was not some grand display there was no great uh, a great great thing that took place but God did work and God has worked and God will work we need faith and Abraham had faith against unbelief Look at the last part of that verse in Romans chapter 4 and verse number 20. It says, giving glory to God. That's what I just said. He was giving God the glory. He wasn't in Abraham wasn't saying, well, look at how good I am. Look at what God can do with me. He was completely pointing to God. And listen, God will work if we'll point people to God and we'll glorify God. Look at verses 21 and 22. It says, And being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed unto him, excuse me, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Belief is being fully persuaded that God is able to do something. That's what Abraham did. He believed God. We're talking about uh, faith of justification. We see the fulfillment of faith in, in verse 17. We see the, uh, uh, the faith of justification in verses 18 through 20. And, uh, and I'm just going to read. I won't spend any time here, but verses 23 down through 25, we see the foretelling or the future of justification. Look at what it says in verse 23. All of this that has been given about Abraham, he says this, Now it was not written for his sake alone. In other words, hey, I didn't just write all this out. It wasn't recorded in the book of Genesis just for the sake of Abraham. But look at what it says. He says, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered from our offenses and was raised again for our justification. 
we see the foretelling or the future of justification. It was not just for Abraham, though Abraham, it did, was fulfilled in his life. It was justifying to Abraham. But nonetheless, it was written down not for Abraham's sake, but so that we could look back and we could say, Abraham was justified not by the works of the law, but by his faith in God. And what an incredible, incredible account of Abraham's faith. Not for just us, for the Romans, for the, for the Jewish uh, people who would stagger at, at, at being saved by faith alone and no, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Uh, and they would stagger at that and they would say, how is that possible? And, and Paul is pointing out, listen, it was possible with Abraham. This is not new. It goes all the way back to the father of Israel. And listen, it's true all the way today. Abraham looked forward to the cross of Christ and to uh, the redemption through Jesus Christ. We stand on the other side of the cross and we look back. And I wasn't there. I didn't see Jesus get crucified. I didn't see Him raised from the dead. But I read it in the promises of God and I believe His Word. And I look back to the cross of Christ. And it's that faith that saves us. What an incredible lesson of faith in the life of Abraham. What an incredible account of what God did in Abraham's life. Listen, in 2021, God's still able to do something. You say, well, the day is wicked. Yeah, the day's wicked. The day was wicked in Lot's day too. Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a wicked day. But it doesn't mean God's limited and he can't work. If we believe, I don't expect the lost world to believe. They're unbelievers. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we believe, God's able to work. And He is able to do stuff. And He can work. And He can build a church. And He can save people in 2021. And I would go as far as to say God can turn a nation around that has gone against Him. Because I believe God. And I believe He's able. Will He? I don't know. But I do believe he is able, he is certainly able to do things, as, as the Bible says, exceedingly and abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think. We can trust God. We can believe God tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Faith wins. We see that in the life of Abraham. We see the fact that God provided and that God blessed greatly in his life. Father, thank you for this example of faith in Abraham. What an incredible example of faith in our life. Looking back, God, we have so much more knowledge of you. We have the entire completed word of God written out for us that we can study, we can look at, we can learn from. We're blessed beyond measure in 2021. Help us to believe. And Lord, help our unbelief. And help us to have strong faith in You. And thank You for the saving faith that You provided. And God, it's open to all if somebody today were to put their faith and trust in You, that You would save them today by that same faith looking back at Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. God, I pray that you would touch each and every person and help us to have faith 
And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe you want to ask God to help your unbelief. Maybe there's something you're struggling with or something you want to pray about. Maybe there's a situation that you've been praying for a long time and you've just been waiting on God. Listen, I want to encourage you. Keep praying. Keep being faithful. Keep waiting. Don't give up on God. If you have your, let's grab that, grab your songbook, if you will. Let's sing that. 416, Living by Faith. What a wonderful song to end the service with. Living by Faith. What a great example Abraham was unto us. 416, Living by Faith. I care not today what tomorrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. From all harm safe in a sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and feel no alarm. All right, what a wonderful song.